You've joined us here on another episode of Inspired by Yarra. This is a podcast created and dedicated to enhancing, connecting and inspiring the Yarra Valley Grammar community and beyond. So wherever you're listening from today, I want to thank you for tuning in. My name is Paul Joy and I'm delighted to be your host and each episode I get the privilege of sitting down with another Yog, a Yarra Old Grammarian. We trace back through a little of their journey at school and then we start to explore what's been going on in their life after Yarra and we have some great conversations and today is no exception. Looking forward to and I'm thrilled to be able to present to you the next episode, the next conversation of Inspired by Yarra. I know you're going to enjoy it. This morning, I'm uh, delighted to be joined by William Lyle, who is a current parent of Yarra Valley Grammar and an old boy, a Yarra old grammarian uh, of some 32 years ago. Uh, Class of 1985, uh, William graduated from Yarra Valley Grammar. William, welcome. Thank you very much, Paul. It's good to be here. Excellent. Um, And we are, we're indeed sitting here at Yarra Valley Grammar. And um, I wonder if I can take you back and we're going to sort of dance around a little bit in our conversation this morning. But can you take me back to thinking about and talking about your parents? What was it that your parents did or instilled in you as a young lad that perhaps influenced where you are and what you're doing today? Yeah, good question. Um, Mum and Dad, so we lived in Croydon, had grown up in Middle Park and spent the first couple of years at Middle Park Primary, then we headed all the way out to Croydon, which was like going to the country, from my perspective. Uh, Dad was in real estate, he was a property valuer for a commercial company called Bailey Knight Frank. Mum was, in those days, a typical housewife, who um, was reasonably religious, um, head of the Mother's Union uh, for the diocese out this way. And so we had a a reasonably uh, strong Christian upbringing. Dad was, I guess, typical of the post-World War II um, era. He was in the Air Force and the war finished, luckily for him, in my view, just before he um, uh, got his wings. So he didn't actually see any combat, um, but had a brother die in the uh, Second World War and other brothers served as well. So they came from a, um, both came from a fairly um, modest background through the Depression, and I think that um, guided their lives and in turn that was an influence on myself, sister and older brother. Mm. So it was a, uh, I'd say a fun household. Uh, hard work was certainly something that was encouraged, um, being not, not frugal or thrifty but um, knowing where money is was important to them, um, although Dad did enjoy spending it later in life, mm-hmm. uh, which is good. Um, and I think just a sense of, it sounds old fashioned, but fair play, doing the right thing. Um, once you get involved in something, you get everything you can, mm-hmm. no matter how it turns out. And from there, um, enjoy life as much as you can. So there was that kind of background at home. Uh, from there, I went to Croydon High School. I went to, we moved out, of, out to Croydon, went to uh, Croydon Primary for a few years and then started at Croydon High. My sister was at Christchurch Grammar in, in um, South Yarra at the time, mm-hmm. and brother at Melbourne High, he was doing his matric. Mm-hmm. So he had a long day, had a long journey on the train into South Yarra. And I wasn't the most academic of um, children, and I think they decided that uh, maybe Croydon High wasn't the right place for me, and I ended up at Yarra Valley at the um, beginning of year nine. Okay. So that's how I got here. There you go. Yeah. And 
in that time, when you were here, so you spent at least three years, or did you take a few years to do your three years worth of school? No, 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 no. so 19, 11 and 12, so yes. um, went straight through that way. Uh, all, all the way, not the most academic, as right. I said, and certainly didn't um, leave uh, back then HSC with flying colours uh-huh. on that side, but certainly enjoyed my time here. Yep. And I, I, I think... I'm sure students today would be similar in a way. You don't always recognise or understand what you're getting out of the institution, out of the school, out of its community until later in life. Um, parts of it you do. I had I had the advantage of seeing um, Croydon High, which was a, a very good school in a lot of ways, and struggled in other areas, and see what happened at Yarra Valley as well, and the differences between the two. Um, so I had a little bit of an insight. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think look certainly it was a wise choice people may debate that okay he didn't go come out and finish top of the class in from an academic sense so therefore was it a waste of money uh, I would say certainly not because I think what the school did and uh, in line with the, the school motto um, rather maybe I think it's a bit lift my eyes but it was more lift your expectations mm-hmm. so you can be more than what you are you can do more than what you think you can do yes um and that's what i got out of the school um and from a business sense that kind of i think having having mates that, that have all been very successful um having a, a number of them um be exceptionally successful but all move into careers that they wanted to move into gave me the encouragement that well, I can do what I want to do as well. Yeah. And that's what came out of the school for me. So what does success look like to you? Oh, success is, is an interesting thing. It's, it's an interesting concept. So success, I've got mates who I think are very successful. Um, they um, you know, may not have the what we would see as the capitalistic financial success, the, the big house, that kind of stuff. But I just had my 50th birthday recently and a number of those guys were there. Um, and I would say they're unbelievably successful because they're happy. Yeah. They, they're getting great joy out of what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, they're happy with the choices that they've made. They're content. And I think if you can be content in what, you, what you're doing and how you feel, um, in my case, family gives me a lot of that, um, then you're successful. It's not a bank balance or a mm-hmm. size of house or whatever, or that kind of thing. Um, and they do tell us that uh, happiness or joy, if you like, is, is a journey. It's not necessarily a destination. True. Are you on that journey? And how yeah. are you uh, enjoying the journey? Yeah, look, it's like any journey. It's got its ups and downs. And sometimes you take the um, wrong road yeah. and have to turn around and come back. Um, I think it's a Turkish proverb. Might be, who knows where it's from, but I think it's Turkish, which um, doesn't matter how far you've gone down a wrong road, you can always turn around and go back. Yeah. Um, and... From my point of view, we've got four children, um, my wife, Suzette, and myself. Uh, three of them have, are either have been or are at Yarra Valley. Yeah. Um, so they range from 19 down to 12. They're a great um, um, sense of joy and pride. Frustration as well at many times. Yeah. Um, and without doubt, like all parents, I'm sure we hear ourselves being like our parents mm-hmm. to a certain degree and think, how could we ever be like that? Um, from a, so from a family point of view, that's the most important thing, which is easy to say, it's kind of tried at times, but it is, it's what gives you the most satisfaction. Yeah. Um, and then if you can provide for the family and provide in a way that 
you're comfortable with, mm. then I think that's success. Absolutely. On that side. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. That's a great answer. Um, let's bring it back here to your time while you were here at Yarra. Yep. Was there a favourite place? Uh, you know, did you spend more time in a particular area of the school? Was it at the cafe, for example? Were you out on the sports field? Dare I say, were you one who spent a lot of time outside the principal's office? Where, where did you spend your time? Uh, well, favourite places that come to mind, well, one's the old tuck shop, which is no longer there. That's well gone. And the apple pies that came out of that tuck shop were fantastic. So that's a, a fond memory, especially on chiller, uh, chilly winter and spring mornings especially. The front steps that are still there uh, is something that always comes to mind and in conversations often comes up because it's generally where you would, in the, in the year 11, year 12 years, where you'd gather straight after an exam. So you'd, and you as you're waiting to be picked up or whatever's going to happen, that's where you'd be generally meeting. So they're, they're the two areas of the school. I didn't spend a lot of time in Mr. Wood's office, uh, fortunately. So Mr. Wood was our um, principal back then. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm glad, glad of that. Uh, yeah, so those two areas, and obviously yeah, footy grounds and things of that nature have good memories as well. Sure. The old tog room is an absolute disgrace, but that's, I guess, our fault for keeping it that way and not looking after it as we should have. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Um, so you, you acknowledge that you didn't um, necessarily uh, achieve well academically. Correct. You, you uh, didn't come out with a, a score potentially that maybe what you even could have had you applied yourself more. Yep. But you've still found a way to enter into a career that you're happy with. What is the career that you're part of? So um, I'm in property, I'm a real estate agent. I've got a business in Ringwood, and I'll give it a plug, called Carter Real Estate. Yeah. Um, and it just by coincidence, purely the, um, it's a third generation company, I'm not part of that family. I've bought Richard Carter out a number of years ago with a business partner of mine. But his father was one of the founders here. Um, Alan Carter was part of the committee that purchased, or found the site, purchased the land, did all those things yes. way, way back in the 60s. Um, so not that it was, I even knew that when I first joined there, sure. um, but it's just nice to have that little bit of connection and we're able to do a little bit of sponsorship with the school in different areas and it's nice to be able to you know, keep that continuing. Yeah. Um, so I got into real estate, why did I get into real estate? Um, part of it is I didn't really know what I wanted to do mm -hmm. uh, and I look at you know, the children now in year 11 and 12 and I think they have a much harder time than I did. Yes, HSC was important and all that type of thing, but the hype around VCE and the scores and, you know, it's almost like life and death if you don't get the right score, I mm -hmm. think is ludicrous. Mm -hmm. um, I certainly had no idea what I wanted to do when I was in year 12, um, apart from leave school <laughs> and yeah. do something else. Um, so real estate I kind of fell into. I, well, my father was in that line of work, so there was a natural progression there. Mm -hmm. It's something I got into and had a knack for. Um, I like people, I like talking to people, I like dealing with people, I like making people happy. Mm. And it's one of those industries where you can do that. Mm. So from there, I decided, okay, if I want to make a real go of this, I need to get a bit more of a solid base behind me, that's an academic base. Yeah. So I did something that I thought I'd never do and I decided to go to uni. Um, and a lot of that was part-time at RMIT to do evaluation of Bachelor of Business and Property, majoring in valuation, and um, went through that way. If I had my time again, I'd maybe stop watching Monty Python movies during swap vac in um, 
HSC and maybe do some study, <laughs> maybe get a slightly better mark and maybe go straight into the property course at RMIT. Yes. Um, but if you're keen enough and you've got a passion, you'll find a way. If you're keen enough and you've got a passion, you'll yep. find a way. I like that. I like that. So sometimes it's not until we look back and we can see some of those significant moments in our life that we can join the dots and realise that that, that indeed has got us to where we are now. And True. yes, there might have been another pathway. There could have been other routes to get there. However, um, you've picked your pathway along the way. You mentioned there that you've made um, decisions along the way and some of them perhaps in hindsight weren't the best decision. I wonder whether you can just take us a little way down one of those roads where eventually you worked out it was time to turn around. What's something that uh, perhaps was a negative experience or a regret that you might have um, found yourself in, in the midst of and then worked out a way to turn back? Look, regrets may be too strong a word because I think the, the journey we take, the mistakes, if you call them mistakes we take along the way, the decisions we make along the way that maybe with a few years of experience under the belt were the wisest decisions are still what make you what you are today. So the easy one for me is, as I mentioned before, instead of um, watching Monty Python uh, tapes back then, VHS tapes, uh, during the week of SWAT back before exams, um, a bit of study wouldn't, would have been good. Uh, what would that have led to? Most likely would have led to going straight into uh, the course at RMIT. If I had, a, and I had an inkling that might be what I would do at that time, but not really um, a, a strong direction that way. Uh, as it turned out, I did a year of TAFE. And that kind of set me up. I'm a, I think I was immature as a year 12 student from a point of view of actually wanting to work. And the year later, and in TAFE, I kind of proved myself, well, actually, I can do this. Um, but it was just a slightly different journey. Mm. So I guess the question is, would I go back and change that? I should say yes, but I don't know if, I'd, if mm. I would, mm. um, because it has it's worked out yes. for me. I think if we don't make the odd poor choice, if we don't stumble and fall occasionally, then you're maybe not set up for when you know, bad things do happen. Yes. Um, you know, from a personal point of view, the biggest challenge I've had personally is having a malignant melanoma um, diagnosis. And that's, that was reasonably scary at the time. Mm. So not that I'm trying to compare not studying swap bank to um, having um, a melanoma, but little things along the way at least prepare you for, okay, well, not everything's going to be plain sailing. Mm. Um, and you come out of those things, I think that you can deal with them better. Yeah, yeah. So it's hard to point at one in sure. particular um, area that say that that was a turning point. Um, Possibly the, the, the result of year 12 was a turning point in saying, yeah, all my other mates have headed off to uni or done whatever. I'm going to kind of do a year of TAFE, which was from a prestige point of view, not seen quite as um, high. Um, didn't affect any friendships, right. but from a personal esteem point of view. And that most likely made me work a bit harder that year. And then actually the next year I actually got into work. Yes. And I started uni part-time that year yes. at night school. So in some ways you, you then caught up and got ahead of yeah. some of the other guys who had gone to, to university and so on. Well, in different ways, because some guys did a year of university and dropped out yes. and okay. did something else. Sure. Um, I, I could have been doing uni full-time, but I'd had a year of work 
Yeah. And then I thought, I like the money yeah. as well. I like yeah. having an income, having yeah. independence. Yeah. So I made a decision to do it at night school. Yeah. Um, and that took a little bit longer. Yeah. Uh, but get there in the end. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Interesting. Now, a number of times you referred to your mates. Yep. And I wonder whether are any of them or some of them, maybe most of them, mates that you developed while you were here at, at Yarra Valley Grammar. Is that part of the people who you interact with and, and maybe even on a business level, you still have interaction with some of them? Yeah, at varying degrees. So I've, there's a, a core group two years after, I think it was two years after we finished Yarra Valley, nine of us went to Bali. Mm-hmm. Um, for a trip, which was a, a fantastic trip. Um, all bar one of those I would um, have some level of contact with still. Uh, I mentioned earlier that I had my 50th birthday mm-hmm. recently and there were half a dozen of those guys who could make that. Right. Some of the others who couldn't are overseas in the UK, etc. Um, so that was love. So now I don't see them weekly, monthly. In some cases, I don't see them every couple of years. But the connection is still very strong. Yeah. Um, there are a couple of guys that I see on a very regular basis um, out of school, but that's also no different to some sporting clubs I've been involved with. So guys that I've played cricket with, for example, from virtually under 12 level, um, who would still be some of my closest friends yeah. now. So certainly the, the friendships you form at that you know teenage age group when you're developing yourself, mm. I think are critically important. Yeah. And I still look at that and say, the guys that I met here at Yarra, as I said earlier, have in my opinion all been successful. Mm-hmm. And that helped drive me to say, well, yeah, I can be successful as well. Yes, yeah. So that, that's very important. And, and you've mentioned, and, and even to hear you talk, you've mentioned in your line of work, people matter. Yeah. And clearly in talking about your friendships and the relationships you built, even at under 12 sport, through your time here at school, relationships matter and, and those friendships count. Oh, they, they do. Well, I think life is about relationships and people. Um, if, if you don't, you can choose not to have people in your life for sure. But personally for me, if you haven't got people in your life that you care about and hopefully you're fortunate enough that they care about you, um, then I think you're missing something. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's a critical part. Now I go back to, to family and frustrations that come through, but at the end of the day, you, know, you, you cherish the time you have with your family, you cherish the time you have with, with friends, especially, and especially those that you've known mm. for such a long time. Yeah, because and you, you have you, a shared experience. You ride the ups and the downs, don't you? And the, the challenges and the frustrations, and, and as your own experience of life changes, they're on that journey with you and at times you can offload to them and they can you know pick you up again and, and all those things that matter because of people well without using any names i had a call not too long ago from a friend from yarra um who was concerned about another mate of ours from yarra mm-hmm. um who you know um we hadn't heard from for a while um so a few text messages and phone calls and whatever else um and now we're very happy with how that guy is um, and you know where, where he sits. But the sheer fact that you know we're able to share that little bit of information, because um, we do get caught up in our own lives and mm. as I said, we don't see each other every year mm. in this situation. But suddenly, you know, I'm called Bill generally by those guys. Hey Bill, 
do you want to give such and such a call? I normally, I've been speaking to him all the time, but he hasn't returned any calls for the last few months. Yep. Maybe you might be able to get through. Yep. And yep. after a couple of goes, I did. Yeah. Uh, and everything's good and fine, but we're, but we're comfortable with it. I love that, that um, the Yarra spirit, if you like, our ability and willingness and commitment to caring for each other doesn't just happen here at school. And, and it's not just students and students, it's staff and staff and staff and students, but in fact, it continues on long after you've left Yarra as well. And, and those binds continue to connect and continue to care. And I think that's terrific. That's great. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, you mentioned uh, a little while back about perhaps watching too much Monty Python. Yes. Um, I wonder whether there is a, a documentary or a film or maybe a book that you think is almost uh, required viewing or, or that young people should be exposed to. Uh, good question. Um, Books would be more my thing, mm-hmm. um, especially for someone who wasn't a reader at school, but later became one. Um, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a couple that I, that I find have had an influence on me. One might be a bit left field, which is on the road by Jack Kerouac, uh, which I think is a as a I read that as a in my early twenties, and just enjoyed that immensely. It's a road um, trip back and forth across the states and the adventures they get up to and just found that a enlightening book Great. about um, a journey of life. From a business sense, the two I look at, um, one's a book you can read in one night, which is The Richest Man in Babylon. Mm. Uh, I'm just about to start that one. Okay, well, you'll, you'll knock it over very quickly. Um, and, and that's really good from a point, from a pure, pure financial point of view, life point of view, looking after the family, um, type of thing is great. Uh, the other one from a, again, a business sense where things can change is Who Moved My Cheese, uh, which is a great book on, um, I guess, disruptors in business. You know, things don't stay the same forever. So how do you deal with change? And it can be, it's a business-based book, but it can be life as well. How do you deal with change in life when things, you know, for a period of time have gone exactly the same, mm. nothing's changed, and all of a sudden something for left field comes out, mm. and how do you deal with that? Yeah. Um, so they're, they're both really good business books, and I think also life books yes. to look at. Yeah, great. Excellent. They're terrific recommendations. I appreciate that. What about um, in terms of maybe life, maybe organisation, maybe business, and is there a, a tool, an app, maybe a habit that you've developed that helps you stay on the course? Uh, apps I'm not great with. Um, I have a number of them on my phone, but my children would run circles around me um, with them. Uh, look, tool habit, habits are most likely the most important thing. Um, whether you call them rituals, um, if you can get into a habit of doing things a certain way, if that way works for you, mm. um, whether it be um, you know, if it's exercise, for example, if you want to get up and do it early in the morning and that starts your day, whether it's, um, uh, in, in my case, it's it's how I, I'm typical Saturday for me, I'm doing a number of auctions on that Saturday. Mm. So I've got two suits I wear if I'm doing auctions. Now I wear them when I'm doing auctions. Right. So I wear whichever one of those I feel is the right for the properties I'm going to and the, wow. and the crowd. I'll have 
the same, I'll get this coffee from the same place, same breakfast. So it's a routine I go through. I'll listen to something in the car, which might be music that I find um, exciting, yeah. motivating. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will run through in my mind how I'll conduct that auction. Mm. So I'll visualise so it. So it's a visualisation, um, yeah. Either in the car or at the office before I go out. So I often get to the office and there'll be no one else there. Yes. And I'll run through that. Um, sometimes I think I'm crazy and people start arriving and see what I'm doing. Uh-huh. Um, but that helps me get my mindset right for what I've got going ahead because I understand that what I'm about to do is going to have a significant influence on well, at least two families, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as in the buyer and, and the seller. Our principal's the seller. So, you know, whatever I can do to put them in the best possible position mm. is, you know, it's not life-changing, but it can be life-changing. Yeah, that makes sense. Too right. yes. it, can, it can make a big difference to what they're doing. Yes. And that's where you get the, the joy out of it. Sure, yeah. sure. Well, that's really powerful. I appreciate that. That's great. Um, how many years have you been auction day on Saturday? I've been in real estate for 25 years, but I've been doing auctions, I'd say, for about 18 years. Wow. And you still get up and about for it? You oh, I love it. Yeah. 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 It's the most exciting part of what we do. Fascinating. Without That's doubt. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and what is it about that that you like? I know that there's the the impact that you're having on at least two families, but do you enjoy the crowd? Do you enjoy the fun of the crowd or working the crowd? Or is it uh, that you feel you've got a product that really is worth selling? It's it's the show. Yes. So it's it's the um, it's a combination of the entertainment side of it, mm-hmm. that it is understanding it is a level of street theatre. Yeah. Um, so it's got to be you've got to be able to engage with people. It's it's knowing that you don't know exactly what's going to happen mm-hmm. because things can come from left field and, and that's exciting. And that's exciting. Yes. So um, people say to me often, "Oh, you mustn't get nervous." I said, "I get nervous for every auction." <laughs> Um, I've got the butter, and I think if I didn't have that, I wouldn't be able to perform uh-huh. the way I should. Yes, I'd be worried if I wasn't nervous. Sure. That makes sense. Um, because it's it's great fun. I enjoy it immensely. You, we, we hope that people that leave that come just to watch walk away with a a good feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, we we certainly hope that our vendors are very happy with what's happened. Our buyers, uh, especially those that have missed out, mm. for example, feel that they've been treated with respect, mm-hmm. um, even though they've walked away disappointed. Yes. And if, if we can get that right, mm. then I know we've done a really good job. Mm. Um, because part of it is pushing and trying to get that last dollar and all that type of thing. Mm. Um, but if you can do it with respect, yeah. um, then you can do it well. It's interesting, isn't it? And I hadn't thought about it quite like that, that there are so many people coming to that event with a different perspective. They're all yep. wanting different things out of that same, you know, 20 minutes that That's it might right. last for and and trying to please all of them or keep them at least all feeling um, heard and, and respected and, and valued and that you're presenting yourself and your company in a good light to all those different people and from all their different perspectives. That's quite a, quite a challenging mix of who knows what might happen? It's a challenging mix. If you break it down to a degree, you've got your principal, which is the vendor. So that's, that's your number one priority. So you've got to make sure whatever happens, they're looked after. You've then got a professional duty of care to the bidders, the people who are hoping to buy it. Yeah. Um, you've then got, I think, a wider um, obligation, as you've mentioned, 
to the others that have come for varying reasons. It might be neighbours, mm. might be they might be checking you out to mm. see if you're going to be the right agent for them. They might be there simply in support of someone yeah. who's yeah. hoping to buy or sell, or they might be just driving by and they stop and they want to have a look. Mm. So I think if, if people are, are good enough to say, well, we'll give up 20 minutes, half an hour of our time to attend a carnival estate auction in that case, well, we've got to make sure they walk away saying that was a worthwhile investment of time. Yes. And if we can do that, then we're, sure. we're happy. Sure. Being in real estate, and, and you would be very aware of the changing dynamic of our suburbs in this area and who's moving in and who's moving out. And Yarra Valley Grammar are in a good space at this moment where we've got building developments underway and we're investing back into the school. And we're getting a new chapel. We're getting a new chapel and I'm mightily excited <laughs> about that. It's, uh, it's good news. Um, what is it that Yarra are doing, do you think, in this current climate um, of the families who are moving in and out of the area that that sees us riding a really good wave right now? Look, I think, I think Yarra has positioned itself beautifully. Um, moving to COVID, when I was here, we had um, girls in year 11 and 12, which made year 11 very exciting for the boys. A um, little bit distracting as well, and I'm sure terrifying for some of the poor, I remember one poor girl, I won't mention her name, I can't remember whether it was physics or economics class we were in, there would have been 20 odd boys and one girl. Yes. And it was her first day of the school, and I remember just thinking, the poor girl, she's got 20 pairs of eyes That's on right. there's, a, there's a female creature in our, in our classroom, this hasn't happened before. Uh-huh. Um, so I think co-ed, number one, is good mm-hmm. uh, from that point of view. I, I think the way Yarra, and I hate to use the term, but as a brand, uh, is well respected, mm-hmm. is certainly seen as a destination mm-hmm. um, school. It's uh, academic, um, I guess, search or uh, search for excellence is well received um, and the challenge for the school is finding the balance between academic mm-hmm. and the um, non-academic sides of the school, yeah. sport, arts, etc. Other pathways. All, all those things mm-hmm. um, because it's the, it's, the, it's the sum of all of those mm-hmm. that make up the school. Not You can't be just a great sporting school yeah. or a great art school or a great academic school in my view. Yeah. You need a mix of those three areas. And then you've got a one. You've got rounded students, um, but you've got a rounded school, yeah. and and you'll you'll cater to a different group of people, which means your your students are mixing with a diverse mix of people, yeah. people that don't all think the same way, don't all just have you know one goal. Mm-hmm. So when they get out into the real world in university or wherever they may go, where they'll be confronted with the, you know, the, the all the extremes of human life they may be a little bit more prepared for that. But also I think Yarra's placed itself really well. Um, certainly from the physical, as in the grounds, the buildings, mm-hmm. the, the things that are planned, people are impressed. In my line of work, I meet a lot of people and we talk schools. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people already have students here, but it's the ones I'm interested in are the ones that don't. Mm-hmm. And they, we talk about schools in your area and I, look, I don't say you should go to one or you should go to another. But I do talk about my experiences here with my children. Yes. Um, that's more relevant to them. And I can certainly say that my children have had an excellent time here. Terrific. Um, challenging, as it should be. That's good. Yeah. But, and I'd be disappointed if it wasn't. Yeah. Um, 
but I couldn't say that any of the three that have either been or are here now um, have not benefited from being here. Terrific. So that that's kind of a holistic and intangible. It's very hard to, um, apart from have that physical experience, that personal experience, explain that to people. Mm. But I think that's what the school's doing well. Mm. Um, we just want to make sure we keep the mix of academic, sport and arts correct. Yes, yep. And it is a, a balance and sometimes it tips this way, but you need it all. Yeah. And, and a combination of it all. And uh, and I look, I agree with you. I think we've, uh, we've got a lot of those things right and, uh, and continuing to grow and develop and, and try and, you know, keep stepping another foot forward. And it's hard for the school because the school's got a whole lot of, pe- a whole lot of parents mm. that are paying fees and it, they'll have their own um, preferences of which way it should be going. Yeah. And it's trying to balance those out. Yes. Almost like auction day. There's a lot of people That's all right. with a different perspective, all wanting something different. Yes. That's right. Um, we Look, I really appreciate your time this morning and, and helping us to um, explore your perspective on, on a range of different issues. Um, as we draw this time together to a close, I wonder whether you might leave us with the best advice you ever received and whether you might pass that on as advice to all those who are listening. Best advice I've received, it comes from a number of people. Part of it from here, there are two teachers that had a, not, not the strongest influence, but a influence when I first arrived. One was a guy called Harry Lambert, English teacher, former Victorian bowler. Was of interest because he was missing half a finger, which according to him, he cut it off with a tomahawk one day, but I don't quite believe that. Um, was a very heavy smoker. Uh, which was interesting back in those days. Um, would be very interesting now, I'm sure. Uh, and another one, Norma Mags. Norm was the, um, when I was here, middle school um, master. Uh, very much old school is what I would have, um, I think Norm had the 19th century Christian values of sport help create the soul and the body and the and the mind etc it all starts with sport it all physical exertion yeah uh what about any was in charge of the rugby team when i was here which we don't have anymore um but both had a similar philosophy even though they were poles apart in ways which was just give it your best Mm -hmm. no matter what you do no matter whether you're the star or not give it your best and we'll be proud of you and um, to, to me, that, that is just, if you can just do that no matter what you do, give it your best shot. Don't be afi- afraid of failing, because failing can be good. You can learn from that. Um, you know, I, I hear, you hear the term, we're either winning or we're learning. I don't mind that, but I, I don't, I think we shouldn't get away from, it's okay to say you failed. Yep, yep. You've got to be comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. But if you, if you can say, I failed, but you know what, I can do better next time, or, I gave him a best shot, and it just wasn't quite there today, but tomorrow it might be. Mm. Then that's the best advice I can give everyone. Just do your best. Beautiful. And yeah, you know, people appreciate the fact that you you try. You've done your best. Yeah. yeah. Um, that CME sounds like a, a good time for us to bring this time to a close. Thanks for bringing some of your best. My pleasure. Um, to this opportunity to have a conversation with uh, a Yarra Algramarian, the class of 1985, Bill Lyle. Thank you very much. Not a problem. Thank you. Terrific. <laughs> Well, that wraps up another episode of Inspired by Yarra. And I hope that you found this conversation interesting along with many others and many more to come. It's a thrill to continue to produce these podcasts for you to help 
build the connection between Yarra Old Grammarians with one another and indeed with our current Yarra Valley Grammar community. Uh, those who are currently staff, students, parents of this great school. If you, in fact, have got contact with or would like to hear one of your old classmates here as a featured guest on this uh, podcast, then we'd love you to let us know. And you can contact us via the community section uh, within the yvg.vic.edu.au website. Of course, if you go in there, you'll see more information about this podcast and and each episode has its own unique set of show notes that we've uh, drawn up and written up. If you want to know more information about today's guest, you can head on over there to the website and find out a little bit more. Also links there for great ways that you can stay in touch with the YOG community. I hope you will enjoy uh, sitting down with us again next episode where we'll get the opportunity to meet with another YOG community member. My name is Paul Joy and it's been a delight to spend this time with you. Thanks for tuning in. Share it, like it, continue to uh, subscribe to this podcast and we hope that uh, it continues to inspire you to make a positive impact in the world around you.